Hi, I'm Phoebe of Phoebe's Pure Food, and I'm here at the People Chronicles, and I'm with Nan Reinert of Chubby Pickle Farms. I'm so excited you're here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here. I think this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So, Nan, we've known each other for a little while, um, but I'm curious to know, what is the one thing that you're hoping people will learn from your story as they hear it today? Um, I would hope that people would start to think about um, sustainability. And my dream would be that everybody would start growing, Mm -hmm. but that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So if you can't grow or you don't want to grow, to think about where things come from and to what you're bringing into your world. Okay. So when you talk about your world, like bringing things into your world that maybe are new to you, Mm -hmm. um, what are some of your experiences? Because you have been, you're not one of those girls that's been in Berks County forever like you've done a little bit of traveling so when you talk about things in your world how can you where have you been and what's brought you back to Berks County I I have traveled I've traveled quite extensively um what what has brought me back to Berks County from all my travels is actually my family Mm -hmm. I'm very attached to my family Mm -hmm. and um it's it's been a really great journey I was happy to leave I was happy to go out and see the world but it's good to be home. And when it was time to buy a house, um, I decided to buy a house closer to home so I could be closer to my family. Okay. So when you um, traveled and you saw the world, because you were in Europe for a while, right? Yes, I traveled. Yeah. So what, if, what did you bring back um, to Berks County that you practice in your sustainable growing, um, in your garden, and in teaching people how to grow? Well, um, my mother recently said to me, and it's so true, that every everything that you do and everyone that you meet and everything that comes into your life becomes a part of you and who you are. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed in that I, I did travel and see a lot of things and do a lot of things. And that has all become a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere I've gone, it's it's just amazing the sense of community when people live like in villages and and things that we don't really have villages here, but we have townships and little areas and our little communities. Mm-hmm. But it's just really amazing um, to see that and to experience that, you know, to see people growing their own food, to see people, you know, they have sheep and they're making cheese. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just really neat. And I've learned a lot about people. I've learned a lot about community. And to me, sustainability is really important. And it's the way I live my life is by growing and and trying to be aware of what I'm bringing into my my home and my world and being a part of the community at the same time. What are some of the things that you do to encourage people who hear the word sustainability or now it's very in vogue to plant your own garden in your front yard? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people are really discouraged or they don't know where to start or it's overwhelming. What are some of the tips that you like share with people from your experience on how to get started with living sustainably or living so that you can eat from your garden? I guess one of the um, best things you can do is to start small. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you can grow a salad in a pot, mm-hmm. you know, on your doorstep. And there is no food um, that tastes as good as food that you've known since seed. Mm-hmm. And I always say that. I've, I've known you since seed because you're growing it. You're a part of it. You you were a part of its flourishing. And um, people don't realize you can just grow a little bit and you can start small. Mm-hmm. And 
that's a really good way to to put your foot out there and, and try a little gardening. Um, it's a really good step. Do you talk to your garden a lot? Um, yeah, I talk to. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed by this, but yeah. <laughs> my garden is is my sanctuary, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I talk to the plants, and uh, it's it's just. Um, it's a real peaceful place for me. Mm-hmm. Gardening um, helps with uh, so many things. Stress, mm-hmm. the outside world, uh, you know, can be very stressful and hustle and bustle. Gardening for me is peace and there's no stress. There are a lot of deadlines, mm-hmm. but there's no real like stress. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. It's a place you can make mistakes. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you can take chances. <laughs> There's been so many mistakes, mm-hmm. and that's how you learn. Right. Uh-huh. You know, and, and you can take chances, yeah. Who do you have to keep you company in the garden? Oh, I have my two furry kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you have to keep them in line when, you, when you're gardening with, like, pets? Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really particular about my garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have two, two kids, um, Cricky and Gracie, my two dogs. And um, I actually have my garden completely fenced in mm-hmm. so that they can't get into that area. And they talk to me over, you know, it's a low fence. So they mm-hmm. talk to me and they, they actually stick their noses through the fence. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I put the wheelbarrow over there and throw things over and they try to help me. Mm-hmm. They're my helpers. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep you company. Yeah. So thinking about fences and inside the box, outside the box, you're not really an inside the box thinker. Like when you share your story with people that you love to garden and you grow and eat what you're growing, yeah. do people think of it? Like is very strange, especially in an area where there's so much farming culture around us. Is it still very new to some people to hear this kind of concept? Yes. Um, I didn't, I guess because I've always grown, mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I started meeting more and more people outside the, the growing community, how many people just aren't connected to that mm-hmm. and the way I live my life. And I'm going to tell you a really quick story about that. Um, when I, I lived in Philadelphia for quite some time, and mm-hmm. when I moved back here, a friend of mine came to visit me, and I said to my friend, you know, do you like broccoli? And he's like, oh, I love broccoli. So I ran out the back door with my knife, uh-huh. and I never I never use a basket or anything. I always put everything in my shirt. Uh-huh. All my shirts are stained here from gardening. <laughs> and I cut the broccoli, and I stuck it in my shirt, and I run in the house, and he said to me, what is that? No. And I said, yeah. And I'm like, it's broccoli. <laughs> You said you like broccoli. And I was like thoroughly confused. Like, why are you asking me this? You know? And he's like, um, I don't know about that. Uh-huh. And I was like, but, but you said you like broccoli. And he said the key words. My broccoli comes from the store, not oh, somebody's no. backyard. <laughs> and I'm like. So disturbing. I'm like, oh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, so I said to him, I have a little rule in my house, you know, and I said, I'll tell you what, you take one bite. That's all I'm asking is one bite. And if you don't like it, don't eat it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to eat it. I won't be offended. In fact, I prefer you don't eat it because that's more for me. Right. I grew this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, you know, he agreed to one bite. I made the broccoli. He eats the broccoli. And he took one bite. And he looked at me and said, this is the best broccoli <laughs> I have had <laughs> in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just didn't realize until that moment how disconnected so much of the world is from their food sources. Right. Where do you think that starts? Is that like in youth, do you think? I th- I th- or is it a matter of convenience? Like people are just used to buying like a prepared box frozen dinner because we're all in such a yeah. hurry. I, I actually think it's generational. Mm-hmm. Because the genera- the previous generation where I learned a lot of my gardening and a lot of it, it like my grandmothers and 
they grew. They had victory gardens during the war, during the Depression. They they were growing. And um, then we have a generation that we were just developing and, you know, and we could get the TV dinner. The TV dinner came mm-hmm. out in my lifetime, you know, right. <laughs> and the TV tray and the TV became big. And people got further away from their food source. Mm-hmm. And much of what I know comes from the generation back. And I, I learned it. I learned it from, you know, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my, you know, my friend's grandmother who has taught me tons. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it comes from. And they just became slowly you know, separated from their food source. And we can get, we can get, we can go to a store and buy something any day of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's very different. And that's an interesting story how you introduced this gentleman to real broccoli, <laughs> even though he's met it before, you just had to reintroduce him to it. Exactly. Okay. So I'm very curious then about some of your background, especially your Mediterranean roots. Um, when we talk about your grandmother and cooking and generational cooking, but we'll be back in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. Entrepreneurs, nonprofits, everyday people need to tell their story. You need to connect with your audience. Find out more about how to use the platform of the People Chronicles to tell and share your story today. Contact us at info at thepeoplechronicles.com or 610-207-6573. Hi, I'm Phoebe. Welcome back. And I'm here with Nan Reinert of Chubby Pickle Farms. And we were just talking about um, all of your sustainable growing practices and generational cooking and eating and growing. So did your passion start with like your grandparents or the passion for growing and sustainability? Well, from what I can remember, I, I swear I was born growing. Uh-huh. Like I, don't, I, don't, I don't have this definitive well, like seeds day. in yeah. your pockets? Yeah, what? I was going to ask my mom if it was hard labor. Did I come out with a spade in my hand? But I feel like I've been growing my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I think back, um, my great-grandmother, she had prized roses. She lived on Penn Avenue in West Reading. Oh. Um, there's a nail salon there now. And, and she had prized roses. And I used to go up there and help her with the lawn, this little tiny lawn. And she was very meticulous. And she would treat these roses and with chemicals, which I'm not about. Right. But it, that was her thing, and that was her time. And I started to learn about growing then. And then we moved. We moved from Reading to West Reading, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And they had these stone beds and there were flowers coming up and I started gardening and my sister who is a sports she's sporty <laughs> and I'm artsy <laughs> we're very different mm-hmm. her balls kept going into my my little gardens oh. and I would have a fit uh-huh. and so finally my mom gave me the back end of the yard and she said wow. I could I could have this this small set it wasn't a big yard but how old were you um I was about nine okay nine when we moved mm-hmm. and um we moved across the alley from my grandmother. And so I was very, I could walk to my grandmother's house and I could walk up to Penn Avenue to my great grandmother's mm-hmm. house. So I was surrounded by family, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not a surprise I moved back to be with family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd be with my grandmother and she would take me to the greenhouses. Oh my God. Oh, how much fun. It was the greatest day. The uh-huh. day. Let's go. She called a car the Bluebird. Let's get in the Bluebird and go to the Green. <laughs> it was so much fun. So you're like me. You have more fun shopping at the nurseries than you do shopping at the shoe store. Uh, yeah. And you leave with like armfuls of, okay, little Absolutely. seedlings. Okay. Absolutely. If you're not growing them yourself. Uh, you know, I can't resist. I, okay. I, the plants happen. Uh-huh. They attach themselves to me. 
They, they just happen. So now, how did how did it all start with Chubby Pickle Farms? If I mean, if you were born growing, literally, then how did you how did how did it all start with Chubby Pickle Farms? Like, where did this all come from? That people come to you now as a source for. Well, because I have been growing for so long, um, I did grow in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I um, helped and volunteered with Philadelphia Green for quite some time to build community gardens all over Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I had a community garden at the corner of 16th and South, which is now condos. They bulldozed it the day I bought my house here. So thank Mm -hmm. goodness I had land then. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was really this grew. It just, for lack of better words, Uh it grew. And... One day, and I was in my 20s when this happened, I came up with this name, Chubby Pickle Farm. Mm-hmm. And I was with a friend of mine, and she was like, that is the best name. She's like, you know what? And what I love about it is you can't say it without smiling. Right. Mm-hmm. So gardening is smiling, and Chubby Pickle Farm became the name. So I kept that in my back pocket for many years. And um, about a year and a half ago, I... I pulled it out at a time in my life that was, I was looking for work. It wasn't the best time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to launch Chubby Pickle Farm today. Mm-hmm. And I opened Facebook and I made a Facebook page. And I thought to myself, the one thing I have to share is knowledge mm-hmm. of gardening. And so I just started sharing tips about gardening. And I started to realize that there were so many people that wanted to know about something that I, I don't even know where I learned most of it. It just, Mm -hmm. it's just in my head Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it became this wonderful platform for me. Um, along the way, I've also been making things, you know, I'm a potter. I do pottery. Mm -hmm. I make soaps. I make, I make all sorts of stuff. So I use it also as a label, Mm -hmm. but you don't have a TV. No. Right. We, uh, we live without TV in my house. Um, that gives you time to be a little bit more creative. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm totally addicted to national public radio. Uh-huh. And I live without TV. Um, there's a lot more time to make things and do things and plan things. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't realize that my lifestyle was a little bit m- more different from mainstream. Mm-hmm. But when I started posting and people started asking me questions, I started to realize that, oh, People want to learn this. Mm -hmm. My lifestyle is a little different. I make my own laundry detergent. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't have to. I prefer to. Mm -hmm. You know, you can actually make your own laundry detergent for pennies. Right. And Uh I make a five-gallon bucket for, like, $3. Yeah. You know? You're like the the, um, modern-day homesteader. Exactly. Like the urban homesteader. That's exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. You're bringing it back. Exactly. Years ago, when I was in Philadelphia... One winter, I, I heated my whole house chopping wood, mm-hmm. and um, and then I was canning and freezing my food from my garden at 16th and South, and I was out there one Sunday chopping wood, and my neighbor yells over the fence, Nan, you are seriously misplaced. Oh. <laughs> <Stuck> <laughs> I, was in, in I lived in Center City, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, maybe I am. <laughs> so when I bought the house... You know, it, it was more about homesteading. In fact, we looked more for a yard than we did a house. Wow. The house had to be old because I like old houses. Mm-hmm. But my mother spent months trying to find the perfect house for me. With a- and it had to do with the yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that is it. I'm, I'm more of a homesteader. Yet I live in our modern society. Right. And so when a lot of people go home and watch TV or do the computer work or, you know, 
I go home and I make soap and I grow my own food and I start the seedlings and, you know, there's so many other things that I do. So where can you pick up your soaps? I'm just curious because you, you, you brought a soap as a gift for us today. I'm so excited, but you can pick it up somewhere. Um, Um, we sell them uh, yeah, on Penn Avenue in okay. West Reading at the Women's Exchange. My mom does sell them there. So you do this just for fun? It's um, a fun thing I do. It's like, almost like a hobby then. Yeah. So how do you reach out to the masses? Like how do you transition from, because this is what you do p- part time. You do this as a, as a fun hobby. Mm-hmm. Like w- where do you see yourself? Where, what's going to be happening with, with Chubby, Pickle, Chubby Pickle Farms? Well, because I realize that so many people mm-hmm. want to have want to learn how to do these things and want to do this more. And I think that has a lot to do with our um, economics today mm-hmm. and and things of that nature and people getting back to nature. Um, I wrote a book, mm-hmm. which I'm putting together. Mm-hmm. I'm so and, excited. Yeah, I'm excited mm-hmm. too. I, I can't wait to see it all together. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I did write a book that I'm working on. That's a project I've been working on for quite some time. Um, I, I've always written. I've written articles and stuff, you know, and... Um, but now it's time to put it all together. And I think what I do and what I've learned over the years and my lifestyle of being a homesteader and being more sustainable mm-hmm. is become more popular. I'm, right. now, I'm now in vogue. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before I was just the weirdo out yes, back chopping uh, wood. Mis- misplaced in the, you yeah. were like the rose and the thorns out yeah. in the big city. Yeah, like all these things I've learned, all of a sudden, I'm in vogue. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought that was going to happen yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So um, I'm very curious then, if, what is, you said you, your passion is that people would start to grow. Mm-hmm. Just give me three simple steps that will inspire someone to go and do that today. Just three simple steps. Three simple steps? Or three simple tips. Tips. Yes. Okay. Um, tips, I would say get a big pot. Mm-hmm. If you have a big pot, make sure you wash it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wash it real good. Scrub it. I'm always saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, get some nice soil and buy yourself a starter plant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just start. You know, the worst thing that, that, that could possibly happen is the plant dies. And, and, and I don't want the plant to die. Mm-hmm. But you could get another plant. Right. You know, and like I said previously, when people come to my home and they eat my food that I grow, in fact, I have a guy that that lives with me on and off periodically. He rents a room from me. And he said to me one time, Nan, do you realize that we eat gourmet food like every single day Mm -hmm. and people pay a lot of money for this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, because I grow it out back and we're not paying a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. You know, so just by growing and getting getting familiar with your food and where it come from and if you aren't going to grow i really something mm-hmm. i did learn is sustainability is also a part of the community and buy local mm-hmm. like west reading has the farmers market um i know b and h foods okay. they mm-hmm. farms b and h farms it's farms right yep b and h organic yep yeah mm-hmm. they sell over there mm-hmm. um they grow local you know and that's all just just a part of what it's all about and and even though i think some people still look at me and think i'm a little weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's neat it's neat to be a part of that and talk to those people and that's how i learn and that's part of who i am Mm -hmm. learning that from those people okay so the the biggest step is then just take a baby step the biggest tip is to take a baby step Mm -hmm. and start small you can always um kill a plant but you can buy another one Mm -hmm. or it will grow 
Mm-hmm. You'll be able to harvest it and eat gourmet meals at home. And if that doesn't work, if all else fails, then you should be a part of the community. Like mm-hmm. go and find local resources or sources for, for uh, farmers and definitely other food producers. Definitely. I love that. People don't realize great. how much fun it can be. It's, it's it is a, a lot of fun to get dirty in the garden. It really is. And it, it fills your soul. And it, it is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest part of my story is that that fills my soul mm-hmm. and gives me passion. Mm-hmm. And my passion is to share my knowledge and what I know and to learn from people that know more than me. So I can also share more. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's my passion. That's exciting. So thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to follow um, Nan at Chubby Pickle Farms on Facebook. And for more local tips, tricks, and recipes, make sure to find me at phoebespurefood.com. Thanks so much. 